Hey, sports friends and motherfuckers alike. It's the Greg Medford Show here in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm Greg, your wacky host for the day. I don't know what episode this is, but we've done a lot of episodes. A ton of, a shit ton of politics, uh, which I know you guys, some of you hate and some of you love. Part of it is just getting it out of my system. It's kind of fetching it out and it's it's uh, cathartic for me to talk about it, and especially, you know, as we've had congressmen and senators in, and we've been talking to them and folks who are going to be governor here in Arizona, it's great to kind of see what's on their mind, see what level their understanding of our, you know, our challenges that we face are, and have those conversations. I get that out, and then other times, we've got folks on who shoot, and we've got folks on who do stuff in relationship to the industry that we're in. Uh, uh, and and then just general folks in life, they're interesting. So today's guest, uh, it's just a random uh, a random connection that uh, had a kind of tactical flag popped up, and I was like, oh, let's talk. Uh, and it's a you know you'll notice we're trying to bring more, um, a little more. I don't want to say diversity, but I want to bring a little more gender inclusivity to what is otherwise an all knuckle dragging male venue. And, uh, and I know so many viewers on YouTube are primarily male as we go over to these other formats like iTunes and Spotify and uh, rumble, we've got a more diverse audience of people. So I want to make sure I include folks from all walks of life. And, you know, we even try to bring in fucktard liberals. And they just don't seem to want to come on the show for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the I'm such a jerk or they haven't watched the show. Or really, they just don't have a leg to stand on with their argument and they know it. And so they, uh, their faith-based worldview, when they gets questioned, they can't quite handle it. So today uh, is not one of those uh, instances. Today, our guest has got um, some tactical background and is doing... Uh, all sorts of entrepreneurial things. And she is from one of the states in the union that is the most beautiful and fucking stupid. And it's an interesting mix of stupid and beautiful up there, which I always love to go to. And to see somebody who's kind of stepped out of that crucible and come back out into America, uh, I, I, I thought it would be fun to have her on and have us talk about that. So our guest today is Shannon Monahan. Shannon, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing fabulous. <laughs> I, I brought a little bit of Oregon with me. It hasn't rained. We get rain about every 200 days here. All right, settle down, people. Settle down. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we feel get, very welcome. We get rain that. about every 200 days, and all of a sudden it's raining like a cow pissing on a flat rock today. Because <laughs> I have so a lot to is. take and throw away from Oregon and, and get it out of my system down here because Oregon is absolutely, um, as you say, a little, well, let's say, how can I say? It's batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's batshit crazy. So, Shannon, talk to us a little bit. You know what uh, caught my attention uh, as I bumped across you online and I saw this Red Frog team thing that you do. So, tell me a little bit about that. We've talked a little bit about that, and I know there's a bunch of other things i wanted to talk about yeah. uh the politics of oregon what's happened up there the last two years uh you seem to have escaped down here looking to buy some property but it doesn't sound like you're moving it sounds like you're going to hedge your bets and be like buy stable you're exactly right and i think a lot of us right now in oregon who are 
I, I err on the side of very conservative. <laughs> uh, we're struggling because we have that love-hate relationship with Oregon. I've traveled the globe. I've traveled the world. Um, I was a flight attendant for years and then in business with different startup companies. I've traveled. What airlines you fly for? Delta. Delta so right Delta. out of college, right out of U of O, I graduated and became a Delta flight attendant, international yep. flight attendant. Yep. So I was all over Asia, all over you know China, Taiwan, uh, uh, Korea, uh, all over you know the United States. Yep. I, got, I was blessed to see every inch of this country which is a beautiful country. Yeah. And you know, when you're young, you think I got to get out of here, no matter where you live, you yeah. could live in the best place. Yeah, for sure. And, and as I explored the country, I realized, wow, there's something actually genuinely stunning about our state. Uh, oh, it's about Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and so coming back to the Northwest after all those travel and years of travel, I thought, you know, I how always- long, How long have you been back up there for? I've been there for, I've just turned 54 last two weeks ago. So, <laughs> so, so I've been in there. Now we know. I've been there for a long time. <laughs> Base were you born there? there? Is that I was born? born in Fort Knox, Kentucky, uh, on a our, the army base there. My dad, uh, I was adopted and given to a family anyway, and and my dad was in the army and uh, moved us out uh, when he did his tours in Vietnam. My mom was from Oregon, and so okay. We... Listen, let's just stop right here. Okay. So there's a lot. You have a shotgun. You're like a pouring a gallon of milk over a bowling ball. There's stuff going a lot milk. of different directions. So let me let me uh, let me uh, ask you a couple questions now. So back right up. Tell me about this Fort Knox adopted, all of this oh. stuff. You thought you were Greek or what? what? Yeah, well, well, I think we're going to get into a little bit today. And what I'd like to get into a little bit today is who are our female conservative leaders and where did you come from to get your belief system? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get okay. that with you. So I'm going to tell you right out of the gate. Well, when I was, okay, there's a weird story, but I was born, uh, I was uh, given up for adoption. I was born in this little shotgun house with a gun store in the back and fishing store in the back. And um, my birth mom, who uh, gave birth to me in this little shotgun house, gave me up for adoption. And I was put in an orphanage for a while. And then the family that adopted me, we moved out, was in the military. So, But, but I, you don't remember any of that. That was no, all baby No, I don't baby remember time. any of it. And I was, you know, obviously curious about what, what nationality I am, because I'm a little bit tan. Did you do, <laughs> so, did you do 23? Three and me? No, I did. Okay. Uh, I did a uh, ancestry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, she did. yeah. Okay. Right. So right. I was given, but my my basis for my belief system, if we get into this a little bit later, was I was you know I, the military lifestyle. You know the army base, the born, army family, born in a gun store, born in a gun store, which is awesome. Um, my father, uh, you know, I was surrounded by uh, books, military history, war, you know, war history. I mean, if our and maps along our wall, my dad is like, you, the, pu the public school system awesome, is horrible. So we all went to private school, and um, he. You know, it, it, my mother was also a teacher, and so basically always knowing a, a lot about history and military and war and guns and uh, all of that has just been a part of our family and being the, you know, military support family yeah. always. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so moved out from uh, Fort Knox to Oregon and that's what brought me out to Oregon. I can't remember what your question was, but yeah, I was adopted. Oh, I just did the ancestry. So having been curious about you know, my upbringing. Well, you thought your ancestry was something. I thought that I was Greek. Right. So they told me that uh, Greek military, you know, how you, militaries come and train on our army bases yep. and so forth. I was told uh, he was in the Greek military and my mom was Swedish and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so my whole life, I thought it was half Greek, half Swedish. And then about <laughs> six months ago, I bought the Ancestry.com kit did it and I'm like, oh, you know, kids, I've always told my two children, you know, you're you're Greek. What did you find out? Israeli, Iraqi, and Swedish. 
So Israeli, Iraqi, and from that region. Well, I picture Jewish in two seconds. And the funny thing is, I was raised Catholic, raised very Christian. My mother was a nun, had to peel potatoes and quit, you know, when she met my dad in the army and everything, and raised very strict Catholic. Then, and when I had to get uh, confirmed, I was like, I don't want to be Catholic. I want to be Jewish. All my friends that have fun are Jewish. Their parents are cool. They smoke pot. They're cash. My dad's like, you are not Jewish. You're You're getting confirmed Catholic. I'm like, well, this is my choice. Anyway, so went through this whole thing. I didn't become Jewish, but but I very embedded in the Jewish community in Portland uh, because a lot of my friends were Jewish. And I felt very uh, I felt like um, maybe it's the, uh, you know, the odd thing is I worked in the Jewish culture in Portland for years and they kept telling me you're Jewish, you're Israel. I'm like, no, no, I'm Greek. I'm Greek. I'm and uh, just found out. Yeah. You you know, what's interesting is um, I did this thing called GPS uh, DNA GPS. And it, they've been bought since by one of the bigger uh, companies. And what they do is I send in the uh, sample and they do your genetic makeup and they tell you geographically where the parts of your makeup are from. So they know certain chains are from Bavaria, certain chains are from the Scandinavian area, certain chains are from Iceland, certain chains are from northern France. Uh, I know for a fact my grandfather's off the boat Greek. He came from the Peloponnese. And I've been to his little town with him, with him before he passed away. And um, it, there's no such really thing as Greek. Exactly. So what there is, yeah. because Greek for the formative Western culture was this very, it was kind of like America. It was a crossroads of people from everywhere. So ethnically, your your mom or your 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 or your dad, who sounded like he was in trans, he was tra- a transient father. He was transitioning mm-hmm. in, through the United States for a while. Yeah, um, he could very well have been Greek in the Greek military because you remember so much of Greece was actually inhabited by Mediterranean Jews. So it would be very very likely to have Jewish Jewish um, DNA located that that whole swath of ethnicity goes all the way into. Greece. What's funny about that? So my, you know, my my grandfather was from the Peloponnese, which was settled by these Ice Age Siberians. So his lineage is Siberian. So I know for a fact I've been to his town a long time. Greek family. His last name's Nikotopoulos. Wow. Yeah, and it's and and it's uh, I, uh, Siberian, uh-huh. and, and then the whole rest of my lineage is almost completely Icelandic Viking. Oh. And then, like, really specifically, they're like, no, 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 not Norwegian, not here, not there, not there, Icelandic Viking. Oh, interesting. Which was bizarre. Like, Isn't it interesting? more than 50%. And I have a lily white, hold my dad up to the sun, you can count his ribs, white dad. Wow. And my mom d- down the aisle here is, uh, she's got dark hair and olive complexion. And, oh, that's so interesting. And yeah. that's similar. They were actually very similar. That's yeah, kind of the, bizarre. the Swedish and the, yeah, 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 the Greek. Yeah. 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 He was in the Greek military and he had nine siblings. So I'm trying, anyway. Very hard, but they match, you know, people yeah, to yeah. connect with. And yeah. I've, and my entire life, I've absolutely nothing on that Greek on that dad side. So there was a couple of people that matched up, and I found them, and they're they're kind of a little bit younger than me and look just like me, but they're I think their uncle or something, or he's my my anyway. They can't figure anything out either because they were given up for adoption. So oh. <laughs> they're brother and sister, and the only two people I've been able to find so far on that that platform. So awesome. I didn't do any of the ones where they connect you to anybody. Mine was where are your, where is your blood from? Okay. It was just kind of interesting. And then that company got bought up. You know, there was a big consolidation in that uh, home genetic yeah. thing there. So, oh. so, so you found out all this crazy stuff. So what's inter- what's odd about that is I grew up in 
uh, kind of Paradise Valley area, which is a very uh, uh, big concentration of Jews. And my best friends when I was growing up were Jews. And it's funny, I connect more with Jews ethnically in a lot of ways. They dance in circles, just like Greeks. Yeah. There's all sorts it of things about too. them. Yeah. So, uh, and, and they are, and you know, so much of people out West don't identify ethnically at all. Correct. And they still identify ethnically. So I was raised Greek Orthodox oh. and, and around the church. So uh, I had this deep kind of ethnic connection to all of these it, ethnic looking people. And they, they seem like Jews. I missed that. My family was a Irish Catholic, very, very Catholic, uh, you know, very uh, military. You know, dad was in the military. Mom had been a nun. So imagine the excitement in our family. It was very, what? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Your mom had been a nun? Oh, she, yeah. Raised Catholic in Portland, wanted to be a nun, you know, went into it and they made her peel potatoes. She quit after, you know, a few weeks and then became a teacher, went over to Germany, met my dad in the military in Germany, but very strict Catholic family. So when I, the, when the, my Jew friends came along in Portland, which are fans, I was like, you're my people, you know, and I was very involved heavily in that community. And uh, it, it's just interesting. And I, for, but I also thought it was Greek Orthodox. So I had good friends in the Greek Orthodox community. And I want to be in that community because it's, it is that, that vibe, that tribe, that, yeah, that feeling yeah, yeah, of yeah. energy that they have that was a little different than my upbringing. Yeah. So tribe to me is a little bit of a thing because I think I'm always trying to find my tribe. And I think in this tactical world, you were talking about, you know, how it, there's a bit of well, a let, tribe. Let's yeah. back up. Let me back up here. So you got in, you, you uh, were flying around and doing all this. And then did you settle, did you settle down in Portland at some point? When did you stop flying around? Uh, actually, uh, yeah, I, I was flying around. I was fortunate enough, which is kind of odd for international flight attendant for Delta. I was able to be based out of Portland, uh, Atlanta, Salt Lake, and then Portland. Right. So did the domestic thing, did the Portland thing, and we became the gateway to Asia back in 1992 or so. So a lot of Bangkok, a lot of all that. No one wanted to fly because there was a war going on. So I got senior trips, you know, as a girl that was only 22 at the time. So yeah. it was really fun. But um, yeah, based camped out of Portland, and I've always based camped out of Portland. I lived in Hawaii for a year for college. But uh, when, when did you stop doing the airline flight? I did it. Uh, I went through 96, 97. They offered voluntary severance, and I was getting married and having kids building a log house out in the country and I was like I don't want to do this anymore and um, I was able to get free travel for another five years for my family if we you left Delta and so I was like oh I'll do that and uh, so you left in 96 so I left in 96 and seven, uh, 96 seven. 96 97 that always reminds me of that movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith 90, yeah. 96 no 97 that's my Halloween 96, costume actually 96 97 <laughs> um and and so did you get into shooting then? I mean, obviously that's uh, well, gun, you know, 25 years ago. I definitely did uh, around that time because we were building a log house out on uh, 77 acres on the in Corbett on the Sandy River. And so it was uh, an, a situation where my in-laws had a property in a log house and guns loaded everywhere. And, and um, yeah. uh, they owned a metal fabrication company. Okay. So with living out there, there's metal fabrication company I was working at a little bit and uh, home with the kids most of the time out on this property vulnerable how many kids you have two and how old are they now the, the, now they're 24 uh, and 25 what do they do uh my daughter's in bend at, uh at going to college in oregon and my son is down in california modeling and flipping cars he's, he's, <laughs> he's a model he's modeling and yeah flipping they cars. love him they're like we don't know what nationality you are you're so, you're so you know interestingly at, oh yeah you're ethnically ambiguous he he modeled quite a bit for nike and adidas up in portland before yeah. covid and then he's like Ugh, and went down to la and so he's picked up right really well down there so and, and what's your daughter doing she's going, she's to, going to college school. for okay. business marketing yeah. yeah all right 
And uh, when did you start the Red Frog team thing that I found out about? Red Frog. OK, so like I was saying, on the property, I learned about guns and feeling vulnerable and one and uh, through the airlines. I learned about guns and feeling or about feeling vulnerable. We had terrorist training in case someone took sure. our planes down and we were taught a, a, a formula for you know responding, obviously. So um, I was sort of introduced to all that threat stuff. I'm, I'm kind of backing up a little bit mm -hmm. for Red Frog, mm -hmm. um, the Jewish community. Uh, I was working at the Middleman Jewish Community Center, and we had threats back then in 88, 89. Anyway, um, so I was introduced to guns, threat. I understood all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, I really cared about guns quite a bit at the log house and protecting my kids. Red Frog, fast forward, um, I went into the industry of medical aesthetics and bringing medical device markets, uh, medical device mar uh, products to market. To market. Yep. So product branding, pro you know, creating a company, doing revenue, you know, investor raise. A sure. And uh, bringing a product to market. And I, but I told myself by the time I'm 50, I want to have my own company. I've been doing it for other companies. I've been a partner or founder or whatever. And, and I, and I, and everyone was floored when I decided to do it in the tactical arena versus the medical aesthetic arena, which I'd been in. Um, but I was really intrigued by um, SHOT Show and going to SHOT Show. And then someone I was in a kind of a relationship with at the time, I had a lot of exposure. I've always been with sort of a dated military people, if you will. And, and this person um, introduced me a lot to the GRS contracting community. And I was learning a lot about tactical training and getting trained myself. And I'm like, there's no gateway for people to really do this, especially up in Oregon. And I thought that was intriguing. I thought the, the call, I, I've always been in that law enforcement military community tribe mm -hmm. um, from a support standpoint, meaning I'm not a military, I was yep. not in the military, but there's there's a, a family of people, um, you know, we're all USA, <laughs> you know, we all, we all, you know, have someone in are military. You trying, are you trying to, um, are you trying to make some connection because you're adopted that you're trying to plug into a tribe maybe, great, greater than your family? Maybe. Because you have, you've had that. a family since the beginning of your memory. Yeah. But that's a schism that's yeah. in our soul, right? Well, my friends have always been like family. I've always had a tribe of great women in my life or great friends and, you know, that's yeah. a tribe. Um, maybe, maybe it's just girls girls yeah. like to plug in and build community well i think so i think well, for me i saw my father struggle after he came out of the military mm. and felt disconnected yeah with a little bit of stress and issues not 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 bad issues but like but you know he he was away from his tribe and I felt for him tremendously. And I saw him light up when he'd go travel around the country to visit men he'd been in the military with. Yeah, they, they re-entry into the civilian world if you've spent a long time in the military, even a short time. It's pretty challenging for most yeah. people. Yeah, and he'd been in Norwich. He, he went to Norwich. He was always military, 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 everything. And so that was just in, in him connecting with that tribe. So as I came across this kind of uh, environment in 2014, uh, there was all those active shootings happening. Mm -hmm. It was the the Newtown, uh, the horror. Every yeah. week you're turning on the news, and I'm like, and everyone's like, let's do, you know, ban guns, ban all oh, that BS. And and I'm like, well, no, why don't we look at threat say, assessments? Say, let's go you, from being a— You could say bullshit here, Okay. okay. It's, it was bullshit because I, <laughs> because people weren't taking it. You know, I'm like, okay, whine about guns, people. You don't even know what you're talking about. Half of you up in where I'm at, up in yeah. Portland. But let's do something about it. What can I, Shannon? What could I do about that? And so, um, I. I kind of went back to the days of Delta Airlines when I was flying and, you know, we're doing uh, threat 
you know, threat training. assessment yeah. training. Yeah. And so, I mean, when you're prepared, you're not scared. And when you're um, confident and you have a plan, you're empowered and, and you're not, you know, you don't fuss about that. So I think um, at that time when we we're looking at doing threat assessments, I, I worked with um, some Catholic schools and an insurance company, and we were going to do threat assessments for the properties up there. And that was the first idea kind of for Red Frog to be a threat assessment company. But up in Portland, it seemed like no one wanted to be fear mongered. They didn't want, you know, they'd have cameras. There's That's all we need. We have cameras. We don't need to talk about active shooters and guns and all that. You're scaring us, uh, even though it was going on and on in the news. Yeah. Um, but uh, from that culture built a brand that was more of a tactical brand and was going very well on Instagram, just from us going out shooting with some hardcore people. When are we talking about? Guy. How long ago 2015. Okay. 14, 15. Okay. And then 16, I actually decided to leave the medical. I was going to do another medical device and decide, no, I'm going to do a brand with a product being the shirts, the flat, you know, all of that tactical stuff and, uh, and create that tribe in Oregon because in Oregon, it was very hard to connect with other gun loving people and conservatives. And I thought this and military. <laughs> so, every, everyone up there is black ops. So their neighbors don't know. Yeah. It's very interesting. And so I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. All my friends can't stand guns and everyone's so liberal, but I'm going to do this. And I think this will be interesting to find the people come out of the word work that are of like mind. And um, sure enough with the brand, the Instagram, the training, we were doing um, more for marketing purposes. So running it out of ranges, I mean, uh, ranges, borrowed and private ranges and then we built a range out on a cannabis farm because these people wanted security and so they let us run our classes and train law enforcement military there and kind of the wild west out there it was you know our instructors are primary contractor dudes and very safe a wonderful operation we got sort of um, vetted by the biggest we're, gun club. We're, we're, we're in oregon Portland, uh, the kind of outside of Portland. So running it in Elmira for a while, which is near Eugene. Okay. And that was fantastic. Most of our, a lot of our pictures are there. And then people would drive two and a half hours. And I'm like, oh my God, these guys get up on a Saturday because guys can never come out and shoot. These were intermediate uh, tactical rifle pistol and a uh, little bit of vehicle mobility classes but they have to get up on a saturday their wife's like when are you gonna be back you know they get in a car drive all the way down to our range do a, you know a eight hour day at the time we were doing like three to five hundred round classes eight hours and then drive all the way back so then we moved up to malala scrapped around and uh someone in law enforcement had some property out um oddly enough in a, a cannabis farm out in malala and we literally uh built is a this range the out second there. cannabis farm or this is the first one First, you, you said cannabis farm, a gun range with oh, a cannabis farm. Yeah, that's the one you're that's talking the about. That's the one I'm talking about. All right. And, uh, so you didn't have two gun ranges on two cannabis farms. No, we had a gun All range right. on a private property that we were using that people would drive to. And then I needed it to be closer to Portland because people coming out on a Saturday was tricky. So we built this one in Malala, which is not too far outside of Portland. Okay. On a cannabis farm. I mean, we call it the farm. It was like literally you're standing in cow poop, you know? <laughs> it was awesome. It was a great uh, time to hone in our craft of having our own range and, and build the berms and really have our own setup going on. And I never, I would never, I tried to knock on the doors of the, the gun clubs around Portland, but they were, um, oh, you know, expensive. They didn't want to give us the time or the bay or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, strict. And I figured, oh, they didn't want us because we were running guns up and a little bit, you know, wild and, but, um, but very safe, obviously. And so then the biggest gun club in Portland, try getting gun club, I'm not supposed to say that they can't be promoted, but um, very large gun club, kind of secret shopped us and saw how we were running the operation and they were kind of happy it was a female run operation because they dealt with a lot of 
other training companies are like, no, we like that you're you're, you're this and this is going to work with our personality types here and uh, became uh, basically rolled out the red carpet for a 200 acre. They have 43 bays and ranges. And, and are you allowed to part- say the name of that range? No, I'm not actually there. It's well, it's in Sherwood and it's the biggest cl- gun club in Sherwood. Why are you not allowed to see the name? Of the not, well, I don't care now, I guess. Tri-County, Tri-County Gun Club. Uh, well, they, they're a nonprofit and they're like, don't ever promote us. Just call it the Red Frog Range. I'm like, well, OK, you know, that's great. It, this is such a, I mean, it's so a it's, stunning a, it's place. a nonprofit private, private gun, gun, gun yeah, club in, in Oregon. And you're doing some training and, uh, at it and they want to remain oh, low no, profile. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we're not in. Yeah. They're not supposed to be marketed or whatever. Got and it. so, um, but they were lovely, treated us like gold, rolled mm-hmm. out the red carpet and we ran. And that was interesting to get an introduction into the civilian market and the gamers and the hunters. So everyone had come to our classes before the male uh, shooter was a, uh, you know, fan of some Instagram, wanted to jump out of a helicopter, showed them the lifted truck. And you didn't know if they were in contracting or what, but they're just a realtor or this and that. And they were like, um, no, I want to learn how to shoot. But knew a little bit about tactical training it's tactical fanboys what yeah and then once we got to the gun club i'm like and, and i only knew kind of tactical and so once we got to the gun club we had more gamers hunters you know people that had no City tactical folks. yeah twenty two thousand dollars worth of guns a lot of money these men you sure. know but nothing they're like oh, i don't know what to do with it in my house if someone breaks in and yeah my wife yeah. Oh, i don't want her to have a gun i'll give her a you know, I'll give her a revolver or something, but that's about it. And so it was this whole different client. So that was really in the, in this very strict gun club. We couldn't run muzzle up. You couldn't, you know, break kids literally could not do any of that. So we changed a little bit of our stuff there, but I learned a lot about what's um, the gap between um, people having tactical firearms and having not the tactical training right and the landscape has obviously changed um and y'all down here know a lot more than you know know, well i mean we're gun crazy down here. you're gun crazy down here in in oregon they are not and there's really nowhere to shoot it's very difficult well it's funny when i run back east it's the same thing you know i am by no means a uh, proficient regular shooter anymore and when i shoot back east everyone's like oh my god that, that, that guy must shoot all the time and when I was in boot camp, it was the same thing like, oh, he's from Arizona. Those guys don't know how to shoot. Because yeah, we did not shoot. <laughs> yeah. Because most places, it's not as gun friendly as it is here. Right. Most places have one range and it's far away. I've got, you know, I've got four ranges I can choose to go from at any time out to a thousand yards all, you know, within 25 minutes of me. Right. And that's not normal almost anywhere. No, it's Except maybe not Texas. <laughs> yeah. So from the, you know, it's funny. Folks from the Lib states, they think, you know, they're programmed to think if everyone's got guns, Babylon's burning and, you know, all hell breaks loose. Then they show up down here to golf and do their conferences and they buy their second home down here because they love it. It's fantastic. And at any given moment, I remember my cousin came down. We were going through a pre-deployment sniper school and uh, he had, we showed up with our rifles at one of my businesses I had years ago. And he's like, hey, should... I, I don't feel comfortable leaving my rifle out here in the truck. And I just left my rifle like in the bed of the truck. I didn't care. And he's like, oh, I want to bring it in. I said, okay, bring it in, man. So he says, oh, I don't want to freak out any of your customers. Like, it's not going to freak anybody out. And uh, so I said, hey, come here. So we poked the head inside and I had a martial arts school. There was a kid's class going on. There was a bunch of moms sitting out front. I said, did anybody offended by pistols uh, or any rifles coming through the building? And the women all laughed and two of them pulled out pistols. Yeah. Like pulled them out of their purses. Right. And he looked at me and he goes, Oh my God, I'm in fucking heaven. And I said, well, welcome to Arizona. And he goes, all right, I'm going to leave my rifle in the back of the truck with yours. It was pretty funny because just that oh. real, just that realization, Babylon's not burning. It's yeah. a bunch of people that own guns. Yeah. There's no shootings going on. Yeah. You, know, you know, I've heard more shootings 
Um, not in the Middle East. The most I've ever heard shootings is New Haven, Connecticut, where you can't get a gun to save your life down there. Yep. I've heard. I used to sit out like on Friday, Saturday night when I was going to college. We would sit out on the patio and drink a little bit, and uh, you you would hear gunfire every Friday and Saturday night, always. <laughs> so uh, you've tell I, tell me a little bit about this. So you. You, you got the Red Frog training. Uh, is it Red Frog team? Is that what you call it? Yeah, uh, Red Frog team. Do you call yeah. it RFT? Are you guys? Are you guys? Uh, are you it, guys? It's just our, mostly Red Frog, but Red Frog team was available for uh, the dot com. So oh, okay. And so, it's a team concept. You know, it's bringing people together on the range, camaraderie. But you, I was just going to comment on what you just said. I went to a medical aesthetic clinic when I was in Arizona, and the women all uh, started pulling out their guns when they found out what I did. You know, it's the same. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, so refreshing. Yeah, you know? no, no. But well, yeah, in Oregon, it's a different I vibe. I tell people all the time, I'm like, welcome back to America, because yeah. it's so free. And yeah. I find, um, you know, it's funny. I've had a couple of female guests in. We sponsor a couple of female shooters. And one of the things I find, I always like getting people uh, from out of the state whenever they're here especially if their libs or their wife's pretty lib or kind of like, I love can I get her come out, come out to the range. Oh, you guys can stay at my house. I'll, 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 I'm going to host you guys up. You're going to love it. Nice. But we got to shoot. Yeah. And they're like, I, I love getting libs. To I love taking them to shoot and they're all scared and they're very apprehensive. And I, and I know how to do it in a really gentle way. And then I see the transformation most of the time they shoot. You could see them initially, their shoulders are up and they're, they, they, they almost have a skeptical look on their face. And I'm talking about the wives and the gals. And then you see them shoot a couple times and they see this instant like hole on the target. They see this instant like, oh, I aimed okay. That worked. And they say, yeah, girls make better shooters initially because they are humble and they take the instruction. Guys all think they know how to shoot from video games. So just line this up, try this out, relax, put your shoulders down. Next thing you know, you see them leaning forward they got their knees bent athletically they're shooting and you see the smile popping up on their face and they're shaking they got their adrenaline going a little bit i love seeing that transformation from really what is a position of fear i think shooting is the great patriot tool not for shooting someone else for shooting your own fear because what i see especially with women is i see them wake up because women are at a disadvantage physically in every way, shape, or form, and they're advantaged in every other way in this country. And still, half or more of all women have a weak um, victim mentality, and they vote that way. Praise God. So what you just said is basically fundamentally what I decided is so important um, to come off of what I learned from training the intermediate to the advanced shooter in the men's training of tactical, which is that female who's actually the soft tar target. So who more is a soft target uh, than the female? And, and that fear, that fear that they have, I think you're correct. I think that strength transcends into other the political landscape too and their thinking and their weakness mindedness i think so, uh, I, I, but now what i'll correct you on one thing a little bit right, so uh, correct um, me it will the you're saying liberals don't like guns and i found the uh, quite opposite to be true in portland let me tell you what so when we started training at the gun club all of a sudden we're in a different tribe a little bit yeah i'm yeah. like wait a second i thought you know liberals don't have guns well that's not true i mean they i mean at least up there let me tell you what we had a lot of people which kind of changed the culture of our brand a little bit because our brand is a bit black rifle-ish it is a bit you know um centric around 
patriotism and conservatism and all of that kind of thing. But I'll tell you what, there's a, a lot of Portland liberals with guns. Um, and, and now more than ever, the last two years, a lot of liberals have ever. bought guns. And so, and you talk about the women. So what I really... Just like there's conservatives who drive Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, right. there's it, crossover, it is, I get that. There's crossover. But, but I think the most important thing, and I think one of the best things all of us can do, everyone's like, you can't win the conversation at Thanksgiving. You know, you know, when all the relatives get together and you got the big mouth liberals and you got the big mouth conservatives and, and, and you have that... He's like, and and then you know, Grandpa says, "No politics. Let's just family time. Let's just enjoy each other." Right? This conversation's happened millions of times in the last two years, like well, never before, you, you, and literally dividing a a, a table. And I, it's I find shooting actually. People say, "Why do you shoot?" I say, "I think it unifies people, I and think I think true. it wakes up their patriotism because they don't listen to the dumbness about gun stuff if they're familiar." Right. Everything's magic until you know how it works. Right. And when you see, when people see the group of us behind the scenes who are gun people, they go, oh, these are my neighbors I can most count on. These are my neighbors They're who will solid. help me with a flat tire. Yeah. These are my neighbors who will give their, who will pull the reins in on their kids if the kids are out of line. These are my neighbors. These are my neighbors at school that I like the most. You find these. I love getting liberals to shoot. I love it. And with Red Frog, it's about celebrating patriotism via tactical training, celebrating 2A and, and celebrating patriotism. Now, what does that mean? You, you decide. I'm not saying you're left or right. And what I found in Oregon, uh, running again, running this concern that the conservatives were coming out of the woodwork to support us, but also it was kind of softening and and making more um, uh, unifying uh, people who maybe don't believe but will listen more because you are teaching them, you are yep. kind, you are extending a yep. hand, and you're celebrating in camaraderie together in a very obviously you know brand that's a bit more uh, patriotic conservative, but the women has been my focus the last two years. So COVID hits, we can't run classes, you know, there's no ammo, everyone's freaking out in Portland. It's, uh, it, I was even doxxed by Antifa. I mean, let me tell you what, if 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 it went off the walls and you, it looked off the walls on, you know, uh, TV with the, the media coverage of Portland, it really is. It really has changed. The city has changed and I don't think it's gonna change the other way. And, and um, Antifa was blowing it up every night downtown. For 100 nights. I mean, it was crazy. Anyway, uh, they doxxed me and came after me for a bunch of crazy reasons. And, you know, they're anti anybody who might be this, that or the other. And from that experience, I almost shut down. But but instead, I was like, no, I'm going to focus on what I can do a little more quietly. We can't gather. We have to wear masks. There's not a lot of ammo. The women. And so Red Frog has always been a little bit more advanced, intermediate centric. But but reaching out to those women, I've trained a lot of women, but not really blown up that program. And it's a very satisfying thing, training women, like you said, yeah. because they're the true soft target, um, empowering them with confidence and then and then entering into the conversation. So how do you change people's views? I think preaching to the choir gets kind of old and i i'm much more challenged when i can change someone by leading by example so i'll i have a lot of female friends in business people i've known a lot uh, that are very liberal in oregon and i'm like well i'm not gonna you can't you can't argue with them 
You can't win, but you can certainly conduct yourself in a manner that's um, decent and respectable and leading and educating and being kind. And from that example, as a strong female in tactical, which is not a typical female arena, um, I think that's my way of leading by example. And then also bringing uh, the platform of Instagram and the platforms uh, now that we can kind of show our tribe and our community also lets people in to see, wow, this is a, these are great uh, people. I, the camaraderie and patriot around patriotism and gun and education is super neat people. Gun education is the Trojan horse of America, though. And it's why we have to stick up for, for more than almost anything else. And here, I'll tell you why. Because it's a Trojan horse because you can't beat someone's wrongheadedness. Because let if you have staunch, most liberals, like I was educated in Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. I know the liberal mind. I know liberal arguments. And I know them well. I know them better than most of them. Because they've been cloistered away in these bubbles so long they haven't had to defend themselves. So most of them have a game of um, apery. They 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 ape what they heard from a, a professor say. Parrot, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to mimic. Mimic, parrot, so they, repeat. They, yeah. they repeat, but what they repeat yeah. are assertions, not arguments. Correct. So they don't actually have much game. They just say, I have this crazy worldview and it's right. Right. Well, they don't, they don't know... John Stuart Mills, the founder of modern liberalism. They don't know John Locke, the self-determinist Scottish sociopolitical philosopher of the 18th century. They don't know any of that. They don't know any, they have no grounded argument in anything. They basically repeat whatever gurgled up out of Don Lamont and Anderson Cooper's mouth. And so uh, I think that one of the best ways to attack them, if other than forcing them to read Thomas Aquinas, for God's sake, is take them shooting. Because what happens is they believe that bullshit because fundamentally they're kind of afraid. Yeah. And scaredy cats will believe whatever you tell them. When you empower people, freedom is this wonderful virus. And it's hard for people who've been free to go back. You don't meet a lot of former conservatives. Like, oh, I, I became a liberal. That almost never happens. You have your head up your ass for the first couple decades of your life on most people. And then as you wake up, you see your money taken from you. You see how hard you work. You try to get your family ahead and you start converting over. There's a reason why you mature into wisdom. So I can't, we can't beat this. You know, we can't beat wrongheadedness because it's a form of crazy. It's a cognitive dissonance. It's a delusion. So you can't un- fuck somebody up what you can do is you can fix their core that allowed that to happen and i think shooting is mental therapy and I, I know it sounds crazy but i i've been on this hitch for a few years if you get people to taste empowerment power uh the personal responsibility accountability that goes along with firearms training it's hard for them to stay liberal and they start becoming moderate correct and they start asking questions yep. and they're like oh and oh and this and that and uh uh, and if they hear the news, they won't go, oh, well, I'm just going to call the police because they kind of know better. Right. Like there's a bunch of practical, experiential, and then there's the internal stuff that happens in your system. And I, I, I'm particularly rankled right now at women in this country for how they voted in the last election. It was not blacks. Blacks as a group have monolithically voted for liberals and they've been lied to and they've been race baited and programmed into it. And they've been voting against their own self-interest for a hundred years. And blacks are leaving that, that monolithic block, right? 
I'm not mad at Hispanics. Hispanics are, as they raise their economic station, they start voting pretty conservative. Uh, I'm, I'm mad at women in this country right now because they've got every benefit afforded to any person at any time on this planet's history, and they voted because they don't like a guy, stuff that he says on tape. They voted for a moron who's going to send their sons to war, and it pisses me off. It pisses you off. It pisses me off. 10 times that because I'm a woman and that's my people. And, and I look around that's and your I, tribe. that's my tribe. Oh God, here we go. Yeah, but it's true. So I'm like trying to be calm because, you know, yelling, shoving stuff, you know, right. facts, all this stuff doesn't work. Doesn't work. Me wearing my Trump flag shooting and shirt, works. shooting works and leading again, leading by example yeah. and speaking out. For sure. So being brave. So I feel like uh, running my own company in a male dominant industry, I've worked with Trump men my whole life. And that's why I'm confident enough to run a company in a tactical training male centric industry, because I was forged by men like Trump in the sense that I've been at the table with wolves and I know how to navigate them just as well as I know how to, you know, challenge them. Yeah. So I'm not scared. And, and I'm not, and I'm also not scared of guns. And so I feel like for females in the, the what you're talking about, I think what's missing for those women and why they're staying like that is because there aren't a lot of strong front leading women to guide them through what they're scared of, whether that's Trump or the, you know, the politics there's or, more, or there's firearms. More, there's more and more. There's more and more, which is what I love. Like, I like seeing you out doing this. Some of the gals we sponsor and have had of guests on the show. I like to bring in women who are empowered and they're leading other women. I, I tell you, this gal that I interviewed a, a couple podcasts ago, she's going to do like uh, shooting till noon and then do your nails afterwards which I think is fantastic because it's like, all right, your nails going to be all, you know, you're going to ding your nails up. Someone's going to split a nail. We're going to, and then we're all going to do our nails after we <laughs> shoot and tactical up in the morning. I thought it was perfect. Um, and apparently she's really good at it and she's got all these women she's marketing to. Yeah. Well, I think it's the best thing ever Yeah. because it's not just conservative women. No, you're getting, you're getting, I get them, yeah. uh, women have a very, very high propensity for being left of center. And uh, after divorce, they will go, they go lefter. So I want to snag all of them we can, get them feeling strong, independent, empowered, shooting guns. And then they won't be so reactive to like, oh, yes, let's just give more money to the government. The government's going to save me and make me better. What I think uh, women are waking up to in the last two years after seeing the um, the active shootings happening in the schools, after seeing uh, kind of what's going on in our cities, defunding police conversation, mm -hmm. all this craziness, they're like, oh my God, <laughs> I might have to be my own hero. Right. And what I want women to understand is uh, absolutely you can be your own hero. I think the people, the women that have come to our classes, uh, the Red Frog women classes particularly, are women, even knowing our websites kind of looks badass and all the classes we do are- You might are have to call them pink frogs. We're not pink frogs, no. No, see, this is where I, I kind of, okay, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna disagree with you get no, a little ahead, bit, is everybody assumes that if you're a woman and you're in tactical, that means just paint a pink and that means that's you where i've oh, been no, trained no, no. i've been around all the the men like the hardcore men and i want to be um i i i want i want similar training i don't want it to be pinked up meaning i want women to feel like what we were doing for red frog for all the men is uh, and i was in there doing it i was on you know rifle lines left and right and um filming also for social media holding my you know and i want women to understand that um you can get in there and, and be in that environment and be comfortable and i think for me with my company with red frog women because so many women that have come out are 
uh, driven by a feared uh, an incident, a threat incident. They're yeah. either a realtor who was stalked. They're, they're a little reactive. They're, they're, to a, they're a, yeah, they're they were hunted down on a trail. They were a nurse. Um, so they're they're triggered by something. So that's why they're coming in. But uh, I I feel like if women understand that their capability and their body and their i'm i mean i i'm not you see me i'm not a jock i'm not an athlete no you're five ele- was, five eleven 175 pounds yeah, I mean, no, i'm guys, five four I know, I'm <laughs> I'm like so little but the thing is i'm not scared because i have so much information in me for the last you know you know seven years of being around the best and learning from them and so i'm not scared i don't feel like i'm you know as uh vulnerable as maybe i was prior tell to us all about these training. folks you've been training with who you who you've been training with and wh- where do you get this experience because everybody wants to know the bona fides okay so the the former special forces gr there's a world of contracting that comes after military service mm-hmm. experience in the special forces community and uh the men i was meeting at the time that were instructors were coming out of that um that world of the grs contracting world so that so from different branches of service mm-hmm. from whether it be ranger green bray um uh, navy seal so forth and um at the time, it was seeming like I was meeting people who were uh, trying to market themselves in the world of work and, and not talk about that um, skill set. And yet, I think it's very interesting to translate all that great knowledge into a civilian application. And also, uh, it was an opportunity to get them in that state of mind like my dad needed in camaraderie with peers on the range. So you so corralled, that's who you, I, I you them, them up? with my friend who I was saying about. And we started creating this environment that was more centric around uh, the more advanced shooter and just selling the shirts and hats and everything. But then everyone was seeing this cool training that we were doing and they're like, I want training. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not gonna be liable for a live fire company. And then of course I did. <laughs> I'm like, okay, once I understood how to, you know, once I understood everything, I was willing to take on that. Are you guys fully back up and running now? Uh, we will be in Bend, Oregon. And I'm also looking down here and we're also running in Park City, but not full up and running again. So you we don't just, have a schedule. You just do classes when you- Well, we were running twice, uh, three times a week on a consistent schedule at that gun club. Mm-hmm. And now I'm noticing uh, it's going to work a little bit better to do more um, quarterly event centric events and just kind of pull everyone in because we're running ragged. People would cancel and then you've got three people instead of, you know, so I'm going to do it a little bit more event centric quarterly. And um, Bend, Oregon's a little bit different climate. We can't run like we could in Oregon. It rains all the time, but it was mild. And in Bend, uh, you've got the winters where people actually don't want to come out um, as much until the winter. And so you've got Bend, Oregon, where you're going to do Bend, events Oregon in the is, summertime. Yes. Yeah, so coming up is a sage rat thing that I'm going out to. Uh, we can do long range out to a mile at this event out in uh, Eastern Oregon, Christmas Valley. And are you the host of that event? No, I'm not the host. I'm a guest of that. But we're going to introduce long range. And some people involved in that are going to uh, gave us, uh, gave Red Frog some property outside of Bend, about 22 miles outside of Bend, where we can shoot out to 1500, out to possibly a mile. Uh, so for rifle out there, long range out there. But what I'm really interested in is getting my tribe of women in Bend and also starting pistol, uh, just drawing from a holster training. Um, I'm doing some of that in Park City coming up. Um, I'd like to explore that here, so but how, I don't think we could run it here because here everyone knows how to shoot. So How's, how's the Park City thing? How, how, Park how, City, we were running that out of a... Um, 
a range that was a public range, but they just closed that down because they said, oh, it's sparking fires. And so I, I think we're going to have to run out of a different place there. And that I have a group what of women. What made you pick Park City, though? I mean, I've, it's one of my favorite fucking towns well, on planet Earth. I, I love Park City. based in Utah uh, for Delta for years. Yeah. And uh, my ex-husband and I uh, were out there. And then for Red Frog, I was out there training. And we, Black Rifle guys were out there. Evan and um, my one of my uh, exes knew Evan and the Black Rifle guys. So we'd go out there. Um, we'd be training friends of ours in Park City who'd rally groups together of males and females. And that's really where I honed in on the Red Frog women thing because the women wanted me to pull them aside and do a different kind of training all right so you guys are up there summertime when it's not snow uh, season april and... through june yeah okay yeah doing training for pre-registered guests so i'm also not going into open enrollment anymore the portland scene there i got nervous about who we were training because of all that stuff so i'm like pre you know kind of vetted people yeah and um uh park city is a group that has advanced over the years so they're you know the women that come out it's they'll bring a few newbies but we can move and shoot and so can, you have a network you've kind of already built of people there yeah. and, and then and then you're thinking about doing it down here also well i mean maybe. what's, with, what's down, with down here, here it would be it doesn't feel down here it feels like everyone's already kind of rocking and well, rolling there is a lot of rock and rolling down here but what there also is is a shit ton of people who haven't shot yet and still half the states left of center so there's a gigantic market of women here. So there is a gigantic market of women. Uh, my goal, after seeing how I was able to be a little bit effective during COVID in virtually com communicating with women, uh, talking to women, doing training to, you know, twosies, doing a lot of virtual stuff, non-live fire, just where I get them the information prior to them even coming out. Um, cons I feel like what's needed, and that's why I started the podcast this year too, is like, okay, you can have 12 women on a line, but I want to reach it, get information to, you know, 25,000 women at the same time. There's a lot of information they need before they even get the gun and, uh, before they even gear up. So I feel like people don't know what they don't know when they have their first firearm for women because they've been handed something by maybe someone in their family mm -hmm. or a relative or a husband. Sure. And so they're not sure why they have that tactical firearm versus a revolver or why they would so like are you AR. thinking about doing like an online video course or something? Well, I started the podcast this last year into trying to transition into a conversation also to draw in women, but uh, continuing that in-person training but also providing more online classes yeah videos and stuff and right now we do have a um i did a thing uh that's a oh gosh um situational awareness and mental mindset video series but not the tactical training obviously but i'd like to be more get a lot of information out there that i'm gonna say it like this concierges women into tactical because i feel like right now you need to get them before they walk into the gun store and they're approached by the guy behind the gun counter giving them advice. I want to talk to them before they walk in the gun store so they know why they're picking out what they're picking out. And so I feel like to do that, you have to get on these platforms, the podcasting, the Instagram, all that, that and, and get in front of these women before they're, you know, with a firearm in them because they don't know why they hate ARs. They don't know why they want a pistol over an AR. I love my AR. I, I prefer that over anything. And, and, um, and so I feel like they just need more leaders to concierge them information. And I feel like it's a lot more palpable coming from a female to a female. Uh, Do you have that put together yet? Or the, is that just oh, kind no, of conceptual? The, oh, no, it's all put together. I'm doing exactly this. So here so, we go. Here's so, not pinking it. I'm doing the exact same thing I've just done for the, all the hundreds of men that have trained for us. 
but I'm doing it for the women. I think the marketing is different. So the pinking up the of it. The pinking is the, the marketing. The pinking is the marketing. You know, all the pink the, thing is. There's the concierging into it. The, the messaging. The, the, the pink thing is just a flag that says, hey, this is for women. That's all the pink thing is. Yeah. It's not really like carry a pink gun for God's yeah. sake. Although the one of the most successful female trainers I know, she blings the shit out of everything. She's like, because I want girls to feel comfortable. Oh, and, and I'm not against that yeah. I, at all. I'm just saying that that I want, I, I, I guess You don't what want I'm pink saying, condescension. I don't want to. I don't want to dummy down. Okay, so I just jumped into this tactical world in on a on an intermediate level and ran with it. And again, I'm not a huge, you know, exceptional athletic this, that, and the other. And I feel like women feel like they can't respond to a threat that you'd have to let the man do it. And I think there's a lot of things if they understood how to use an AR, positions, moving and shooting, you know, drawing from a holster, they were tactically trained, they they would be they 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 they'd be kind of okay, you know, and they'd be comfortable, but there's not a lot of doorways into that conversation. <laughs> they go out with a man and it's either a positive experience or a negative experience. Yeah more often than not it's negative. it's negative yeah so how do they get how do they get someone to grab them and talk to them about it well there's all these wonderful ladies you know starting these companies and doing this and i think that's wonderful um i think where i want to live uh, also is in the uh the, the same way i marketed to the men but now do it to the women uh, with a different version of the same product so it's not this it's kind of like law enforcement and military training. So we would train civilians, we train law enforcement, we train military. Well, um, at the end of the day, it's fundamentals. It drawing from it's great. It, fundamentals over and over and over again in the beginning, whether you're doing it, whoever it is and wherever they're coming from, sure. you market it a little different, but they got on the line and someone's not standing correctly and they're not drawing from the holster. You can go in and, and it's the fundamentals over and over and over and over again at those different levels. Right. And, and so again, coming into women, I think it's just the environment that is intimidating. Well, to them. I think there's a big market for women training, but for me, uh, where I see the big, um, I see the big value add is in their initial, you know, you're talking about it a little bit and I hear you poking at it from a bunch of different directions, but there is a chasm a person has to cross between their car and buying their first gun and they still have a couple more big leaps to make and most people quit before they get to the first. Women more so. Yeah. Women e but more even so. Even dudes, your typical dude, you know, who's not a gun person, who just maybe moved here from Illinois they'll maybe go into a gun store because it's like almost like going into an adult bookstore like oh, let's look around here see what this is and then the guys are all tacked to beard tacked to gear all oh, totally. everyone's carrying a pistol and it's just number one intimidator environment that's what with red frog we kind of when i started doing you guys got post, rid of all that well no we stayed what we we all noticed this when i started being on the videos online the beginner man started coming out. It wasn't those just crazy, what you called them, the, the people that, the hardcore dudes that followed us, you know, because they're, oh, I want to be named. Oh, tactical All, fanboys, all of yeah. a sudden, they're like, they see Shannon. Oh, I want her on the line. On. And I was going through all the rifle classes, just like the guys on the line. And then all of a sudden, we started getting that guy you're talking about. Because I'm, you know, and and I, I have tremendous respect for our instructors because they treated me well and kept me right in the center. So I, you know, so... Um, 
that they didn't, the they didn't marginalize reaction. you. They didn't. They never marginalized so, so, me. You know, and that made me very confident. I don't feel like these w other women. Okay, you know, like in the snow movie where the the mom puts on all the snow clothes for the little boy. Yep. It's a wonderful Christmas or whatever that the one movie with the little boy. Yeah, and he walks out looking like a marshmallow. Yeah. Oh no! Not oh, a, no uh, a Christmas story. Christmas story. Yeah. Okay, so he so and the mom's like put it's scarf, scarf. The mom, you know, yep. and the kid walks out looking like this. I can't tell you how many times I've been to a shooting range. The men show up with a woman and stands there and it's like he's dressing her like a like a baby, you know, and not empowering her instead of empowering her. Yeah. And so I feel like and it's nothing. It's no dig on. I'm so happy. So many men do try and train. I've just we started running couples classes and that turned into just a knife. There because the woman wanted to shoot the man. <laughs> She's like, "Oh my God, stop talking! Let the instructors teach." You yeah. know, and so that 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 stress is is just magnified. You know, and so I found like probably these other women instructors you've talked to that if you take that out of the equation, you let the women be competitive amongst themselves. Yeah. So then you get these beginner winner women out there who are shaking and crying. But let me tell you what: when she sees another woman down the road that's not acting like that. Yeah. Then she's a little embarrassed. And she's yeah. like, oh, but if there's a man around, they can act a little more like, oh, my gosh, I'm a woman. But when it's woman to woman, all of a sudden you're like, you see a woman that's tinier than you, you know, positioning, doing all this stuff. Then then I've noticed the women, especially in Park City. Sure. I noticed the women kind of going, OK, yeah, I'm not going to I don't want to be that. I'm going to woman up. Yeah. I'm not gonna be but girly. you get the man. You got to get the man out of yeah. the equation on. Well, that. you know, we've known this for a long time uh, as we've set, had. Uh, all girls schools and boys schools it wasn't to keep boys and girls away from each other uh, girls schools a benefit to girls because girls will have a tendency to not raise their hand as much when there's boys in the room you know Probably, that that cross I, I wasn't in that room but you know it's the law of big numbers it's the law of big numbers right if you uh, out of a hundred uh, you you make it seven who are going to be bold and raise their hand and the right. other 93 will fade into the woodwork right women's girls schools have allowed women and I, I heard this argument because I was next to women's colleges. Yeah, you know, I went to all girls' school. It, and, and, and it allowed women to flourish yeah. and not have to deal with that male component. And you see that, of course, that's in the firearms world the same way. I see this other thing that goes on. Out of 100 dudes, um, how many of them are comfy to go jump into a gun store? Maybe the answer is 65. That means 35 aren't even, they won't even go. Their mind doesn't want to cross that chasm. They don't want to drive. In the, not only will they not drive there, they 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 know they don't want to go walk in the gun store and deal with a bunch of fucking alpha weirdos. Yeah. I, I don't want to go deal with a bunch yeah. of bearded guys who think they're cool. I, I, right. I'm not into that. Right. And so they go golf or go do right. something else. And right. I'm not making fun of golf. And then where to train. I think there's no confidence in where they're going to get trained. Well, that's the next thing. So there's this each Who's... each level is clearing people out of the way. So yeah. just getting in the parking lot to buy a gun. The barrier to entry is insane. You yeah. know, a third of people just would never even contemplate it. Right. For a variety of reasons. Mental right. blocks, political views, and fear. Yeah. And I would argue that men go out and buy the guns, shoot hundreds of rounds downrange before taking a single formal training class, uh -huh. if they even ever take a single right. formal training class, women will do the opposite. They'll take every kind of informational education anyone will give them. That box is sitting taped up, still packaged. The plastic is still on. They don't have a holster for 
four years in their house before they even touch the gun. But men are at least the ones that do finally get that gun. They'll go out and go bang, 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 bang. bang. You know, they think they all. And when I'd vet guys to take our classes, they they give me a, a you know, I could tell they were usually, I, my question is like, no, tell me what your formal training has been before, prior to Red Frog. And they'll be like, oh, there's hundreds of boxes. I shoot out in the woods, hundreds of boxes, yeah. thousands of rounds. I'm like, me okay, let me Frank, ask the question again. Frank and I let, me, let me ask the question again. What is your formal training been and by what training company? Zero. Women, however, will absolutely, you know, no ego and they absolutely want to get as much information as they can before they enter in. When I first started uh, marketing our classes, I'd walk into every gun store around uh, the Portland area and I'd walk in, I'd have these gorgeous, sexy flyers and all this you know stuff and i wanted to meet the manager to see if i could leave him at the counter well before i got there i'd stand around waiting for some gun guy to help me you know and they thought i wanted to buy guns so i'd let them sell me a gun and not tell them who i was and nine times out of ten they would gear me toward well honey you're little and you need this little revolver and this why you need a revolver and i go what about like a glock or something well yeah you know and telling me all this stuff and then i'd be like and then i'd show them my flyer and then i would say could i talk to the manager about leaving the flyers for my company here and they'd be like oh 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 and i'm like i actually believe a woman should start with a nine millimeter and a out you know this that and the other and move on it and and it's just interesting because i realized you know how incredibly um effective these guys are it, it, it's it, that's their first introduction into a gun and a, a woman yeah. you know and it's not actually where they need to come from and and so what i found with my company and my approach to women and for women we're we talk more we're a little bit more emotional we've got some kind of story to tell that is why we're getting a gun you know uh, a lot of women i you know some women just love guns but some women actually had to get to get them to cry oh my god they cry they shake they're, we, they're uh, falling apart and by the end they're they're have they get they're like honey you know link to me and they're shooting and walking and moving and shooting you with need the that guy shirt you need to make up the shirt then there's no crying and shooting there's no crying and shooting well they show up uh, some of them who were kind of, you know, apprehensive show up with a story to tell of why they were feeling vulnerable and feel like they not needed a gun. So they want to be heard a little bit. I, I think men and the men's classes are like, you can't you get them out there, you know, just get going. But women need a little bit more information. They need to be heard. They have a different reason for having a gun. You know, they're either in a gun free zone and they want non-lethal options, you know, all these different things. It's a little more complicated so uh talk to me now you've got that's why um, i think this is a great platform podcasting so, so you've got your uh training up in oregon you've uh -huh. got some training going on in park city which uh -huh. is going to be event centric it uh -huh. won't be as like like daily routine it's right now everything people have to call and they have to have a minimum group size so okay. what was happening is people are like onesie 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 are you doing corporate events uh no not yet no okay. no right now we're honestly what's the biggest group you can handle right now uh well, it depends on the range, and um, probably twenty twos the twenty two lines of eleven or something would be a huge group. But okay. but and I need four instructors or something. But um, and then we typically do eight to ten to twelve at the most on a line for okay. a men's tactical rifle or intermediate. Um, my combat medic instructor was saying he he'd like to do about twenty two for a combat medicine class because it's you know indoor and yeah we move shoot and communicate and go outdoor, but. I'm trying to get my bearings with ranges. After having left the gun club, it's a different dynamic now, and yeah. there's a lot more opportunity. And and like you're saying, everybody's different. I'm I'm noticing that every region's different. I know kind of what Park City wants, 
Bend, I'm trying to figure out. I feel like Bend needs tactical rifle. There's nothing, you can't go out and really, there's no tactical rifle classes. There's a lot of CHL, you know, and a lot of people doing long range on their own. Are, um, are you, are you, are, what are you trying to do down here in Arizona? I'm just trying to look at property and understand Arizona a little better. Everyone in Oregon is, um, if we want to get into politics a little bit, everyone in Oregon is, is looking out uh, the, the conservatives who realize it's not going to change and or in Portland are looking to buy property in other states where yeah. they're more comfortable and sure. find their tribe. <laughs> the tribe has changed in Portland and it's disenchanting. And I fear there's people who want this change, want this environment to continue environment, meaning a, a new kind of downtown that we're seeing in our big cities around the country. It's a little dirtier. I wouldn't say a, a, a more aggressive homeless, Oregon, Portland used to be cute homeless. You know, I, I, I mean, Portland's are always had this kind of weird vibe and artsy vibe. It's an incredible foodie city. And we had homeless, but it wasn't what we have now, which is aggressive drug addicts that are um, violent and crime has gone up. And and so I think the people who are recognizing that, um, like you said, it's hard to change mindset, that it might just continue to vote in the same direction. Uh, that I think a lot of people who don't want this kind of city um, that's taking over yeah. some of our major yeah. are trying to find states and everybody's like, Arizona, 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 and Idaho and Texas. And, and so I came down here to kind of just scout out areas I'd like to buy something in. All right, so you're not actively looking to uh, spread business down here. You know, oh, uh, but the business, yeah, absolutely. But okay. the business is going to change a little bit and more product centric. So going back to the patriotic tactical gear and finding more better manufacturing here and all that kind of stuff. So I'm a product girl by tr by my past, yep. and so I want to bring after COVID that terrified me for gathering to, to, to shut down your whole company to, to brick and mortar to be in one location so i really actually want to expand upon we just stayed open well yeah i know you you're you don't have kate brown yelling at you you know no no uh what she, we have going on there poor, your neighbors poor, poor ready thing, to throw you thing. under she the needs bus a, she, she could do it a good case of I already had Antifa docs. I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> I'm already on there. I, I, I'm not political, but I, up there too much because I really do want to be unifying people. Um, I, that's why I started Red Frog Stop, Listen, Shoot. Um, a lot of. Uh, you you know, you have to move. You know, you can't stay there, right? You know, it's a hard thing when you really enjoy the, the landscape of yeah, Oregon yeah. from a, a nature perspective, right. meaning um, I love the oceans. I love the high desert. I love mountains. Live free or die, though. It's built God, in. It's hard to get I away I know. From it's it. hard to get away. I, I'm the climate. Um, I've got family there. Um, so that part is hard. So I go visit him. You visit him a couple times. I'm, I'm a little freer now. So I have this. So I'm. I'm in a different place in my life right now. I'm a little bit of an epi nester. I'm single. I can kind of go out and uh, check out, put my toe in the water yeah, in different yeah, cities, yeah. check them out and figure out where I'm comfortable because I'm not comfortable in Portland. I used I'm to just... go to, so I used to go to Portland every year for Blade Show West. And uh, the last couple of times you we went up there, uh, I know it was, there were weed stores everywhere. Oh, and, the, you know, like I don't fundamentally have a problem with marijuana any more than i have a problem with mccallan or whiskey or whatever yeah. i mean these are just things that unfortunately a lot of humans just abuse and don't do well with yeah but 
I don't have any problem with that. And as a small government, leave me alone kind of guy, right. I'm kind of like, all right, but I really want to buy my weed from like a Mexican or a black guy, and I don't want to pay taxes to the man. I don't want a license. Uh-huh. I don't want a $400 little electrical thing to uh-huh. help me do it. I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't smoke weed, but yeah. if I did, I'd be gangster about it. I uh-huh. would not be a retail buyer yeah. standing in line like a hamster down at the green building. Mm-hmm. So those green buildings all popped up, and I noticed the city changed Almost oh, within a year, strip bars and and cannabis stores like crazy. But then you and then you combine it with the defense and the, the strip place, bar the thing the is so weird. The bars with a little exotic dancing at a bar. Oh, every corner Everywhere. in Portland, we have the highest highest <laughs> amount of bizarre. strip bars. What is that no, all it's about? Just a, it's a culture. I feel like I feel like and I'm not going to be preachy or anything, but I feel like. Portland has lost God, <laughs> or 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 they're in just the the spirit of Portland fr- went from weird to creepy. You know, they liked. Oh, okay. There's one thing to be creative. I was very proud to be from Oregon uh, from an advertising perspective. When I launched uh, a company back in 2006, it was a, a a light device in the beauty industry, and launched in New York and LA. And I could brag about how Portland is eco, you know, the eco friendly packaging, and then we have this, you know, creative mecca for Nike and and all the uh, advertising that comes out of Portland, the creative branding that comes out yeah. of Portland. That was that was a feather in our cap in the in the. Uh, not the eco stuff, but the um, just you know, uh, not the gay, cr- not cr- the gay donuts. No, just the cr- oh, oh, voodoo donuts. <laughs> no, so but so we, there was a charm about Portland that that you know there's no, a it, it, it's a lovely town. But but what's happened is it's gone from Portlandia funny, cute, it's quirky, gone from quirky to, to creepy, creepy no, dangerous, and not uh not centered in a healthy um. Uh, core um i i mean i don't want to be I, I just feel like it's 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 lost the the good values so, of, so we're up there and i bring my son along at the time i think he was maybe nine or ten for his first trade show so he's going along with dad the knife maker and he's my team is there and my boy gets to hang out and one of my friends and uh supporters of the company he brought his son as well so our boys would hang out and they hung around and worked the sh- worked the show with us at the end we're standing out in front of the portland convention center right there <laughs> right there and there's okay. and there's a weed there's a weed shop right across from the entrance yeah. to the portland convention center yeah so people oh, have ever- traveled it yeah so there's just weed everywhere and um we're standing there and this homeless guy comes up and hits up my son for money and he's never experienced this so he looks up to me like why is this creepy guy asking me for money? I'm like, hey, man, we're not buying today. Yeah. And I was like, and the guy was like, then he started to get aggressive with me. And my son was kind of backed up. So I kind of grabbed my kid and put him around behind me. And, and, and he starts leaning. I said, hey, man, I'm going to knock your fucking teeth out. I'm not from this pussy town. And the dude looked at me. I said, fucking, we're going to do it right here. And the, oh, fuck you, man. And the guy walks off. But he was ready to get into a fight if we didn't give him money. Yeah. And I was like, I turned to my son. I go, this is, I told my son, I go, this is what Democrats and liberals have done to this How country. How long ago was that? This was three years ago. Yeah. So I, I've traveled, I think, I, I don't know if I was telling you this, but I traveled, you know, Bangkok, uh, Thailand alone as a woman, <clears throat> a businesswoman, yep. Africa, Cape Town. As a, the only time I felt threatened has been three times in downtown Portland versus being in other countries, New York, South Beach, all, yep. all over. They're alone. I'm very confident. And they're getting travel. weird. You know, New York's you know, gotten weird now, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, but they're getting... Yeah. And Venice Beach has changed. Yeah. Uh, Santa Monica has changed. I've traveled a ton during COVID, actually. I've, you know, one of those people, I've, I've been traveling a ton and doing my thing during COVID and kind of ignoring everything. But uh, 
not ignoring everything, but not worry. I don't worry. I'm not living in fear. Um, crazy. Um, and Portland, uh, the the most uncomfortable threats I've had have been in downtown Portland. Yep. But but it's like you said, it's a different kind. It's not. It's Portland used to have kind of you know we had our Burnside Saturday market and kind of you know bumps I around. I liked all it was, that stuff. It was fine. It was a war. It was fine. But now it's not that. No. It's it's an aggressive drug addict, mentally unstable yeah. person yeah. Yeah. that um and they're coming out in droves. Well, you know, you see it up in Portland, but it's going on everywhere. Everywhere. It's going everywhere. on in every major city in yep. the country. Yep. That the is, trash. Is, the, the, the vast yeah. majority of them are are heavily, you know, cities have a tendency to be heavily Democrat. Yeah. And 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 then it's turned into a negative feedback loop. Yeah. Not actually helping anybody. Nope. They're cutting a wide swath for people who normally would hit the wall and either face incarceration or rehabilitation. Yeah. And now they're just making it okay. We have and a professional yeah. we have a professional class of homeless people that are very, here in this town Very as well. strategic and and they they found their their mothership is Portland. Yeah, it's like a the niche. mothership that's the zombies are coming and it's um it's it's conjuring a new uh, spirit of Portland, and it's conjuring a new um, culture that doesn't feel healthy. And it's the opposite of everything we are all here for. We right. are all here for better schools, a life that is our home values going up, savings so we can retire, living better, buying better, thinking better, making better choices. Right. And it's the exact opposite, opposite. of all of that. It um, we've got our time's going to wrap up here pretty soon. Um, you've got uh, tactical training in these three places. Tell people where they can go find you. Uh, Redfrogteam.com right now. If you want, if you have a group, you have to have a minimum group size. You can contact us directly on the website. Uh, write a message. Um, uh, What's the minimum group? A minimum group would be six to ten to twelve. All right. Something and like who that. shows something. up there to do the training? Who, uh, who are the teachers? Right now, um, it would be what well, depends on the class people want, but I'm. Uh, it would be. Let's say 10 women want to get together and do a pistol familiarization class in Scottsdale. It'd be myself leading it, and then I'd have some support people. Okay. Preferably and women. It, preferably women. I, that's another thing I came down here for. Is that what you're mostly focusing on now is women shooting? Um it goes it, it depending on who's calling and wants a private class it's been covid so it's kind of there's been some specialty training going mm -hmm. on and i'll just kind of connect a trainer with that group that needs a certain aim for the mask training. just aim for the mask aim for the mask oh my gosh and so but but what i'd like to focus on is the women okay <laughs> so i keep getting distracted with all this other stuff and i'm, I'm excited to kind of stay on that little so now path you're, right you're, now your so thing right park now is city women, is women. yeah okay. so i'm doing something in park city if there's okay. people in the utah area want to understand about and get onto that program that'd be great there's women i'm bringing together in bend so i'm trying to create two tribes that are back out practicing i think um women are a little different than men i feel like men want to go up the the ladder of you know advancing women kind of want to get the basics down and then they want to kind of come together and do training just kind of casually and just to stay fresh and, and connect shooting, socially. shooting book club yeah, shooting drinking club in my case. We, oh, really? we like to go drinking after. You were talking about it. she likes to do nails after. We like to go shoot. They they only want to shoot 150 rounds at the most. Men yeah. want to shoot 300 rounds. Those classes are so 300 rounds. So the girls want to shoot and then go cocktail afterwards. Go cocktail after. It sounds and pretty only for awesome. And like an hour and a half to it. Now, if I, they're a I, beginner, I spend a tremendous amount of time with I feel beginners. Like, <laughs> it's I feel a different like, deal with a beginner I, I feel like there's a niche where you could get 
Um, I feel like there's like a singles niche there that you could do that would be spectacular. Uh, uh, my friend and I were just talking about just that. Have, have the guy go do the guy's thing, have the girl do, do the girl yeah. thing, and then you all meet up for yeah, cocktails singles. afterwards. So, you know, I think there is a hysterical. market for singles uh, meeting other singles. Well, it, 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 call it plinking and drinking. Clinking and drinking. No, plinking. Like, plinking you know, and drinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Linking would be the shirt, drinking. plinking and drinking. There you go. I, I just, look at you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> you could have that. Well, people are trying to find their tribe, and I think even in the dating world now, people are, yeah, I mean, it used to not be an issue. You're, you're having trouble with your family. You're having trouble with friends. I think also, also people, um, in yeah, are having an interesting time finding finding people that just, yeah, believe the you, same thing. You are a tribe hunter, so that would be perfect. Tribe hunter. Yeah, you're you're looking for I tribe. I like tribe because you've mentioned it a bunch of times. I know, and it seems like it's uh, been a theme for you. It is a theme, yeah. and I think our world is really interesting right now. And uh, and and you're 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 filtering your tribe right now a little bit. I, I've I've been. I don't know if you've had people in your life. I not by my choice, but I have people in my life who won't talk to me because I did a cute little Trump post with a cowboy hat one time and they're like calling me losing their mind and i'm like okay i you why are you losing well, your mind I, you don't you don't <laughs> know like, i don't i'm not even divisive in my post you don't know much about me but you see the flag when you come up you you um you know i basically got talked off the ledge from putting a 50-foot banner across the front of the building that says fuck joe biden yeah. so i was on the trump train a year before when he announced the day he announced i said i think he's gonna win oh came and, down the elevator. Uh, yeah and and the thing is i it has cost me friends whose wives won't uh, uh, won't let their husbands associate with me because of how awful right but in our lifetime have you ever seen this behavior never seen have you ever like seen it. it where people actually uh, people i've gotten jobs for people i've done you know work for helped them no literally shut can't well me starting to post guns so i that's why i kind of kind of stepped back from being in the front of the company because i i got so much shaming from my peers in in portland about the guns i leaned into it now i'm leaning into it. Yeah. trump though the second he came out escalator i'm like he's gonna win i was a trump supporter the second that man put his hat in the ring i'm like this is the guy and so oh that was worse than the gun thing <laughs> so people that's have way worse than disowned the gun thing. me oh yeah uh, and i'm like oh my gosh okay i would never do that to you i i embrace everyone we train everyone right. I, I would never but if that's what you need so i guess i my theme is tribe because i do think people are trying to make sense of all of this craziness going on in today's landscape yeah and and they need to find uh, a little bit of peace and i think you find peace when you're you're around your tribe and you can make sense of you maybe believe a little the same, but I like learning from people who don't believe. I'm not afraid to be around people who don't believe. What no, I believe. and I'm chal. I, I enjoy a challenge. I, I think the big thing is that we've had a a really interesting symbiosis between a populist that has yielded a bit of our rights to a ruling class, an elected ruling class. We have a ruling class that's been on the take forever, and we've had a free and independent press that has always been willing to with the magnifying glass on everybody and that magnifying glass has gone away yeah so what we have now is we have uh, a, a press that is very much a propaganda arm for one faction of the political environment and uh now the republic is in danger because the information flow is in danger when we know what's going on the republic's great 
So that's, you said, what do I want to focus on? And there's been the classes. What, when you're doing class, you're only affecting so many people in yep. the range. I really am, my background is marketing and media. And I really, really believe that we need more platforms having these conversations because we've got, um, the left is very much infecting Netflix and all the shows that are being created, oh, yeah. the content. So all our young, and our you youth, can see it. the school, it's permeating oh, it's permeating yeah. in these themes and all these sh crazy, kind of this very Portlandish um, theme that doesn't feel wholesome. A not, not, I'm not being weird about wholesome. I'm just meaning there's a lot of things going on that they have control over over oh, these yeah. platforms. So I feel like I would like to put my energy going forward a bit more in the direction of conversation and uh, being out there as a, you know, a, you know, bringing up the, being brave to have well, those conversations and not feeling shamed anymore. This is my, this is my challenge. Okay. And I think we need more leaders. Well, this that. is my challenge to you as you go forward doing your thing is, you know, you weren't in the military. You didn't do these things. I've heard you say that. But the new Minuteman, the new citizen soldier, is the person speaking the truth out loud. Yes. You, you, you may not be able it's to. You can't go pick up a rifle now yeah. and go be a Minuteman for the country because there's no so, there's no revolution or right. civil war. Right. The revolution right now is information. 100%. And, and so being that is the citizen soldier you can be right now. That right. is the best way to serve your country. Right. You could go be a Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps and you're right. not going to serve your country the way you are telling the truth out loud. And, and it, it's actually a brave thing right now. So if you are brave enough in my in my town to be able to say my truth and speak my truth, yeah. um, that's actually dangerous. <laughs> it's actually in Portland is kind of. And so it's a new kind of a. Uh, challenge and i think my strength is obviously um uh in in this this arena right now and i think it's kind of our my uniqueness right now that i can um, contribute as far as a female in a male centric industry mm -hmm. so making more women comfortable um well i think it's an important mission so. because women failed in the vote in the last election women I, did not do well and so the more women you can touch with freedom yeah i, I don't actually care how they vote if you touch them with freedom, they're going to vote. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna get their polarity set right. Correct. Their polarity's off right now. Correct. So that's what needs and to be. And they're being shut down by the voices that are out there on these platforms. So yeah. we have a lot of different people out there saying yeah. things. And there's a lot of different personalities. You're a personality. You've got the Black Rifle guys. You've got, you know, the Fox people. You've got Joe Rogan. Now you have, a um, um, what's this, the English guy, Russell Brand, who's, I think, kind of effective. Yeah. He's making things palpable and, you know, giving them a dose of some information in yeah. a more um, receivable way. I think that's where I could serve a well, little bit. That, it uh, is the new press. And yeah. it is the new most important thing yeah. because the old press has failed and mass media, the thing about mass media, they're, squ they're squealing right now because they're irrelevant yeah. and they've gotten irrelevant because they've become so diffuse and decentralized and, uh, and, and watered down. And, and at, after a while, their bullshit people start to sniff out and they've lost all credibility. Yeah. You know, Brian Williams was fired from NBC for being a liar mm -hmm. and then rehired by NBC. Exactly. They don't care about the truth. Exactly. They just no, care no. about optics. Exactly. And everybody senses that. Right. So, you know, the, the most watched 
person in on planet Earth right now is an MMA guy with a bulging neck who clearly does mushrooms and steroids. Right. But he's authentic. And I think that's the appeal but of Trump. Authentic. And so I think you yes. you and I are being authentic. And and I think Oh, not people... me. I'm actually a gay oh. liberal, but well, I just do this for the show. You, you fake it really well. <laughs> so but I think I think um being I, I, I think that's where I'd like to where my my heart is, I'd love to speak a little bit more at like tactical events, maybe even because I feel like there's not a lot of women uh you know, tactical conferences and that kind of thing for you know in the women's area a little bit i just feel like um there's just not a lot of uh i just think the conversation and leading by example is important right now more sure. than ever well sure uh well thanks for coming in it's been a pleasure having you in let's talk quickly it's redfrogteam.com's your website correct instagram is red underscore frog underscore team underscore um and uh, red frog women is a new page centric a little bit more towards content that you know is female centric and uh do you have classes that are on schedule that people can sign up for or is it all it has to be scheduled and sorted? it has to be right now during okay. covid and having moved and from just so you know Port covid's over covid's yeah, yeah you have to quit in saying oregon that. it just you have to you know, quit saying that we're it, all done with COVID. no i know that's the horror of coming out we, of oregon where i ptsd i have trauma you know, i, can I tell mean you, literally you can I, say because of covid i'm like what the fuck is she talking oh about? my What's gosh thing? oregon is so insane and that's that's the trouble with the, the in-person training people are are you vaccinated or this or yeah and so i'm just like i don't want to be around like it's it's really hard to run a group training Training class with all of these dynamics. Leave Portland. I know. Yeah, you're gonna, Bend, you I thought to. was a little better, but I, it's no, no, it's it's it's, not, it's no. permeated. And you know, so, you, you know what's crazy is um, really staunch conservatives who are around it too long, they start they it's permeating them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they got the same kind of crazy going on. You see people driving by themselves in their car with their fucking mask. Oh on. God, not me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I, oh my God. No, it's not permeating me. Perfect I just targets. It's hard to run an in-person company. Yeah. Um, with gathering when you're dealing with something that can turn on and off overnight. Well, it's and, good and, for and so you, it's not a good it's model. It's good for you to go out to America. There yeah. are 33 states that are still exactly. pretty American. You need to go to those. Exactly. Well, uh, pleasure having Thank you in. You. And very nice to meet yes. you. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. All right, sports fans, bringing people in from all walks of life with all sorts of perspectives. And ladies, get your heads straight. You voted wrong in the last election. Taste some freedom. Go get a pistol. Go to range. Get a class. Get your shoot on. Get a little Second Amendment therapy. And it'll ground you a little bit. And the government, will, oh. you'll, you'll remember down in your soul that the government will not be there for you. You can find your 9mm Goose Faba. Greg Medford from The Medford Show out here in Phoenix, Arizona. I'll see you next time.